Hello and welcome back to Brick by Brick. I'm your host, Emily Rebecki, and we're excited to have you back and listening for another conversation that we hope will help us to understand some of the pieces about how uh, the Albion and Albion College are connected and how our guest is working towards building a better understanding, better connections for Albion's past, present, and future. So our guest today has been a part of the Albion College faculty since 2007. And as far as we know, she's probably a favorite amongst her students. And as a professor in the economics and management department, Dr. Vicki Baker has taught classes for students about human resources, organizational management, leadership, and a variety of other topics and subjects. In her recent years, she's really looked for opportunities to connect her students to what is happening in the community of Albion. And Vicki brings a great energy to her work and to her classroom. And so we're really excited to hear today what she's been working on and what are sort of some of her thoughts behind the work that she's been doing recently. So welcome, Vicki. Thank you. Thank you so much, Emily. I appreciate it. So we always start out by asking our guests a little bit about their Albion story. So I know you certainly didn't grow up on Albion or you are not an Albion College alum and we don't hold that against you or anything <laughs> like that because we're really glad that you're here now. But Vicki, what brought you to Albion and what has kept you here? Great question. So I was a PhD student at Penn State. I'm originally from Pennsylvania. And when it came time to be looking for jobs, I was teaching in the Smale College of Business Really enjoyed teaching undergrad business. My PhD was in higher ed administration, so I liked understanding higher education, but specifically teaching business. And so I knew I really prefer to be at a smaller institution. At Penn State, I literally taught a class that every semester with 450 students in an amphitheater wearing a microphone headset so they could hear me. And I made some relationships with students, but it wasn't to the level that I really had aspired to. And so I had no experience personally as a student in liberal arts colleges, but there was just something about that environment of smaller class sizes that focused on a liberal arts education, the residential living and learning, and just a liberal arts approach to business. Well, we also know that business is not a traditional liberal arts discipline, and so that kind of limits your search in terms of where you can look. Also, geographically, I was interested in still maintaining my connections with research institutions doing my research in higher education. So U of M and MSU are right up there with Penn State in their higher ed program. But I remember seeing an ad for the job at Albion, and I kept thinking, I feel like I know that there's something I know about Albion College. A colleague of mine in the management department at Penn State is a grad of Albion in psychology, and... She also then had a minor in management. So I remember going to her, her name was Kelly, and I said, Kelly, I think there's this opening for this faculty position at Albion College. Should I apply? And she lost it. Oh my gosh, you have to apply. It was the best four years of my life. It is why I'm getting my PhD and why I wanted to be a faculty member. You have to apply for this job and I'm going to live vicariously through you. She was from Marshall. Her, she said, my parents saved their entire lives to be able to send me to Albion College because that was the only place I wanted to go. So with that glowing endorsement, I applied, and I said, well, let's hope they like me. We'll see if they... And so when I went to the management conference um, for the first round of interviews, I got invited for an interview, and you will know this person. Your family knows this person. It was Gaylord Smith, G-Money, as Mm -hmm. the students affectionately referred to him, as the individual who I interviewed with first. And I remember walking away from that table thinking this, and I will still say this to this day, he is in the top three 
most decent, kindest human beings I have ever met in my life. And I remember distinctly saying, if everybody else is like that at Albion, I'm going to be in really good shape, right? And I wanted to hug him when I left, but I teach HR. So I'm like, you really don't hug, but it's not appropriate. And I remember telling him that story later. And he goes, well, I'll take the hug now. I mean, he's just amazing. So came for the on-site interview, loved the students, loved the campus, enjoyed my teaching experience, stayed at the B&B, and Mary Slater was like a second mom for the day. I hugged her goodbye, right? I mean, I just, it was a wonderful experience. And then afterwards, the department sent a thank you note and some Albion swag to Kelly thanking her for helping to recruit me because she had had Dan Christensen in class. She had Larry Steinhauer. So she knew some of the faculty members that I was coming to work with. So it truly was the ideal geographical location, the ideal setting in which to teach business students. I was coming in with an opportunity to really develop the management curriculum. There were maybe two management courses on the book, so they brought me in to be able to teach what I wanted. So I really looked at this as a great opportunity to be on the front end of program development around a management curriculum and Kelly just was like this you have to get you have to take the job if you get it so here I am almost 13 years later but that's really how I ended up coming here and there hasn't really been anything that has made you consider leaving and it sounds like maybe even some of those same facets of the small community connected and the opportunities to shape courses is probably part of what has kept you here absolutely I I have loved school my whole life, so the fact they're paying me to be in it for the rest of my life is truly a darn good gig. Um, But I love my students, and I've got some pretty great people I get to work with, but I genuinely, sincerely adore my students. And I go to bed every night feeling very grateful that I have the opportunities that I have here at Albion. You know, there's sometimes isolation where you're on a small campus, and you know this, where you're one of a few or the only person who does what you do, right? So my students made me the t-shirt, I am the M and E&M because I am the management professor. But Albion has been very um, supportive in allowing me to professionally pursue other opportunities for development. So, you know, this grant that I'm on at MSU, the NSF grant, so they allow me to to participate in that. Or, you know, when I get other research or my books and, and I'm doing some consulting or workshops at other institutions, they have always been very gracious in making space for me to be able to do those things so that I you know, can keep refreshing, right? I got full professorship at the age of 38 and that's kind of the highest rank you can get not going to be retiring for a while. So you got to try to think creatively about how you can stay engaged and stay current with what's happening. And so I feel very grateful that Albion, in all honesty, they've never told me no. Now, maybe they might say, can't do it right now. We got to talk about that in six months. But for me to be able to say 13 years in that there's literally never a time Albion has said no to me, as long as it made sense for the college, the community, students, and my professional development, who would walk away from that? Yeah. Well, I think everybody is lucky that you, that it all worked out and aligned that way um, all along the way. So that that's just outstanding. So then Vicki, tell us a bit about those courses that you teach and have taught over, over this time period, as well as the type of students that you have in your classes each semester. Absolutely. So when I was hired, my charge really was to develop the management curriculum. Again, at the time, I think we had regular management, 
we had a human resource management course, but that was taught by Greg Saltzman, our labor economist, so it obviously had a labor econ perspective. And then there might have been a strategic management course. So I came in and revamped the HR course, which is now has a gender focus. And then we had the management, which I revamped, but I added an organizational behavior course. I added international management. I added women in business and leadership. I added management consulting. I added a first year experience called Lessons Learned at the Office, where it's built around content areas, leadership, ethics, diversity, and civic engagement using episodes of The Office to kick off those themes. Um, I'm also responsible for the International Entrepreneurial Exchange course, which is our partnership with a school in France. Actually, at the time, the former president had sent me over to France to secure the partnership, so it's my signature on the page, and I was responsible for the first couple years. Stepped away from it for a little bit to have babies, um, and then came back, and I've had it uh, back in my portfolio since 2016. Um, so those are the classes that I teach. The type of student I get, I have obviously a large number of econ and management, Gerstack, or business students, but I'm very fortunate that... I get a good number of students that represent all the divisions on campus. Of course, if you teach a global cat, you know, my international management is a global category. Women in business and leadership is gender. Human resources is gender. So that fulfills requirements for students across campus. Also, the women in business and leadership course is cross-listed with women's and gender studies. And then the international management class is cross-listed with international studies as a core course. In fact, I was only doing international management as a directed study with students interested and Medora heard and said, is there a rumor that you're doing this directed study? And I had done it multiple times, to which I said, yeah. And she goes, would you be willing to turn it into a course and we could use it as a core course for international studies? And I said, sure, oh, let's do it. Um, so I'm fortunate that I, in my classes right now, I've got students in psychology and communications. I've got some science students in the class. I've got a couple fine and applied art students. I've got athletic training students, right? So I'm lucky, given the focus of what I teach, that I'm able to attract and engage with students from all the divisional areas across campus, which I think is important for students in business to be exposed to and non-business students to hear business terms. It's just, I think, adds for richer discussion and engagement and helps us look at these topics from a variety of disciplinary perspectives that we might not otherwise. Yeah. And so... In recent years, I, I know that you have worked to find partnerships for your classes and class projects, including working with the Albion Reinvestment Corporation, Caster Concepts, among others mm -hmm. that you've worked with. Tell us a bit about those types of projects and why you feel they're important experiences for your students. Absolutely. So it... it I mean, number one, it's kind of the ideal liberal arts, the quintessential liberal arts education, right? That's what we should be doing. Again, I'm very cognizant of the fact that there's sometimes a knee-jerk reaction of thinking, oh, business and management, that's not a traditional liberal arts discipline. However, my approach to how we engage in that discipline is very much rooted in the liberal arts. And also trying to debunk that myth that business individuals are only interested in the bottom line and making a lot of money. And again, I'm not going to be naive to pretend that students aren't picking certain majors to make money. But I really believe in sharing and teaching the lesson of you can do well and do good at the same time. You can be profitable while you're contributing to the communities with which you have membership. And so I have found that, honestly, in order for students to make sense of 
well, what really is leadership and what really is management and what are some of the key decision-making activities we have to engage in when we have limited time and limited resources and we only have access to X, right? And learning and developing professional skills of you're engaging with the client. You need to be professional. You need to take good notes. You need to listen thoughtfully. You need to ask the right questions, but we need to help students be able to do that in a more safe environment as opposed to we just sent you out into the world and you lack that experience. So I feel like it's really important for students to get hands-on experience related to business that me standing up there and telling them that this theory applies or this concept applies, they need to see it for themselves and they need to be able to push back on, okay, in theory that makes sense, but we just found out in practice, at least in this situation, that's not gonna work or it will with these changes to it, right? So it's really that combination of getting the hands-on experience to be able to see what we're learning happen in real time and to be engaged in it in a thoughtful way. And if we can do that by contributing to the community in which we have membership, then that's just even better. And then also knowing area organizations sometimes lack resources, whether it's human resources or financial resources. So here's an opportunity to get some students helping you and thinking about things and processes and projects that are on your list, but you may not be able to get to it. Here's a group of students eager and willing to help you and they need the experience. So it's a win-win situation. Yeah, it does definitely seem like a win-win, especially when a lot of the college and the community want to strengthen that relationship. It gives students and businesses real purposeful work Mm -hmm. to accomplish by joining together on on some of those efforts versus just sort of the like, yes, let's work together. And what does that mean? What does that look like? So You've seen opportunities um, as a as a faculty member who's been here for a significant period of time. You know, I have to imagine that you feel like the college has changed since 2007. How have you seen both the college and the community change over these past 12 years? Absolutely. When I came here, uh, let, and it didn't dawn on me because I wasn't familiar with Michigan. When I came here, met with my real estate agent. And she said to me, oh, it's so nice to see a young professional moving into the state. And I remember thinking, well, that's just an odd comment to make to somebody. I wasn't quite sure what that was about. But then you saw some challenges, right? And then I came right when the recession hit. So I got here right on the tail end of Peter Mitchell's booming enrollments and class sizes of 550 students graduating. And then the recession hit and there were financial constraints and We saw students that we had here predominantly with our recruiting strategy in state where one or both of their parents were connected somehow to the automotive industry. And so they were experiencing some serious financial hardships and emotional hardships. And I saw enrollments kind of tank. I saw people's optimism start to wane. But then we saw folks thinking thoughtfully, which again, you would hope in all places based off of all educational missions that we would be able to rise to that occasion to think thoughtfully about, you know, we need to reevaluate our recruiting strategy. We need to reevaluate how we engage in the community. We need to reevaluate that people aren't just going to come to Albion because of the college, that this needs to be an entire package of Albion doesn't operate in a vacuum. It is in the community. It thrives when the community thrives and vice versa. And 
we need to, again, contribute to the communities with which we have membership. And so I saw thoughtful conversations followed by actions to try to start moving in that direction. And so from the time I started here till now, I mean, I'm thrilled we have a daggone bakery in town, right? Like, and it seems so small, but those things matter. Seeing the Lettington Center, seeing the hotel, seeing the bakery, seeing the Bohm theaters and see the progress that is being made to see the enthusiasm that is behind it. And I really wanted my students to be able to participate in that and to get a good understanding of what's happening. We can be isolated in higher ed, the ivory tower syndrome. And so I just needed my students to have an investment in what's happening. And I doing it through the auspices of a management class or a leadership class really just seemed like the perfect vehicle to do it. Yeah. As you have gone through and seen the community change and see the college change, what opportunities do you see for the college and the community to work together in the future? More community gathering centers. I don't know if it's, you know, we've got to think thoughtfully about that, but that's something that the students have often spoke about. And in the project work that the students are doing, that seems to be an area. I would like to see some kind of central space where that can happen more thoughtfully. Um, Trying to get foot traffic moving downtown would be good and seeing like there's a lot of really cool stuff going on downtown. We need to be engaged in that. So I think having these spaces where people can engage together would be where I would like to see us moving towards. And again, I think we're making progress. The bakery downtown to be able to do that. I mean, there's some spaces now that we're finally getting, but I just see some opportunities for buildings in the community where you're like, oh, we could turn that into X, right? Mm -hmm. um, I would love us to be, and this is, again, self-interested from the Gerstack or E&M perspective, I would love to see us engaging more in entrepreneurship and creating a space where we're fostering innovation and entrepreneurism, right? Where we're hosting business startup weekends or maybe having space now with the office, but incubating some ideas and Given our alumni and some of the folks that we have through Gerstacker and E&M, there's, I think, some opportunities around that. And again, I'm thinking students, students with the, this International Entrepreneurial Exchange course, they have produced some really good ideas that if they had a space after the class ended to maybe continue to incubate those ideas, you know, it would be interesting to see what we could maybe produce as a result. Mm, sounds like you got... Lots of good work ahead of yourself. Exactly, yeah. And if anybody's listening that thinks that they might want to partner with Vicki about that, she is all ears, I would guess. Absolutely, absolutely. So our wrap-up question um, for all of our guests relates to um, other things that they fill their, their time with. So if uh, somebody was to find you not in your classroom or not in your office, um, on campus or in and around in the community or even away from Albion, because we know that, that uh, you don't spend every waking hour here, <laughs> what might people find you doing in and around the area? So I have a five-year-old and a six-year-old. So they occupy my heart 100% of the time. My focus on them when I'm not here, but I try to bring them here as much as possible so they get to see what I do. Like a perfect example, and this is so sweet, my five-year-old son 
homecoming weekend last semester, admissions had a visit day. And so they asked me to be the opening speaker. My son got to come with me. My daughter was very upset. She was sick at home with a fever, so I opted not to infect everybody else. And um, so Henley sat in the back of the room while I did my talk. And then later that day, for no reason, we're home. And he goes, hey, Mommy, you remember when you were up on the stage talking? I go, yeah, buddy. And he goes, that was, that was pretty cool. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you sweet man. He goes, did you see me waving at you? I go, I did, buddy. But I really couldn't wave from the stage with what I was doing. But... I want them to see what happens here, what I do, the ways in which I contribute. Because as a working mother, and you know this too, you can't be in all places at once. And so you're hoping that your time away from your kids, that they can see what it is that is taking you away from them and that they can see and understand that you're contributing to some other people's lives in a positive way. So that it's not I'm choosing to be away from them just because I'm choosing to be away, but because I want to contribute in other ways. And so I really, if I'm not here, I'm spending time with my family, but I'm also trying to figure out ways to bring them here to see what this is and what just an environment like this is about. Um, my daughter keeps saying, well, when I go to swim, I go to Albion. and I go, well, honey, that's very sweet. And you might change your mind someday. <laughs> like if you don't want to go where mommy works, I'm totally okay with that. And she goes, no, no, I want to be there because I want to see you every day and like just get you right in the heart. But I want them to realize the importance that this institution has in my life, particularly my students. And again, if it's going to take time away from my family, it better be for a darn good reason. And I really do feel like my students and what I'm able to do here is a darn good reason. And so it's just a good balance and working to try to get my family and my, my kids especially to see what is it that mommy does mm -hmm. and who is she working with and how that might be changing their lives and also influencing my kids at the exact same time. That's outstanding. Vicki, I really appreciate all your time today and your thoughts and your insights and all the work that you've done in the past and that you continue to do. Um, we certainly are lucky in the community and both on the campus community and in the community and surrounding communities to have you a part of the faculty and community members. So we really appreciate all of your help and your work. Oh my gosh, thank you. It is my pleasure. So if anybody has any feedback who is listening to our episode or suggestions about who we should interview, please get in touch with us uh, on our website, downtownalbion.com, or leave a comment on one of our episodes. We hope you'll join us next time on Brick by Brick. Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes or soundcloud.com. You can also find and listen to each episode on our website, downtownalbion.com forward slash brick by brick. But until next time, we hope to see you around town.